This is Software Defined Survival, where we talk to AVIT professionals and software developers to find out how to leverage software to reinvent ourselves and the way we do business. We listen to their stories and ask for advice and tactics on how to survive and thrive in a software-defined world. Today on Software Defined Survival. It is a world that accepts disruption at the moment, so it's a good time to be doing it. There's still lots of business for those that don't want to, but there's a lot more business for those that do want to change. People expect enterprise-grade delivery, and they're getting it. Greetings, everyone in AV lands. My name is Patrick Murray, and welcome to Software Defined Survival. Today's guest has a long history working with video distribution systems. He was sales director at Endelo, which was acquired by Amex in 2006, which, as you all know, was acquired by Harman in 2014. And our, re- our guest remained on as sales director and VP of enterprise sales throughout that time. And just last year, he decided to shift gears and embrace software-defined AV by founding Utopia Technologies, which distributes Utelogy's AV control and management platform. Please welcome Jonathan Mangal. Jonathan, welcome to the show. Thanks, Patrick, and uh, thanks for the introduction. And uh, yeah, we've been around a long time in in this space, um, but uh, I think it's time for a bit of disruption. So excited about what the future brings. Absolutely. Is there anything about the introduction you'd like to correct or expand upon? No, no. That's uh, the only the only slight thing is it was Endeleo, not Endelo. But uh, no, we've we've been around a long time, and there's there's a bunch of us that started Endeleo and went to AMX and. Uh, a few few remained and went into the Harman journey, and it was a, it was a fantastic journey, and um, I think something that uh, we spent a lot of time doing was understanding what the customers' needs were, changing the way that we sold to people, um, and that really leads into this software-defined AV stuff because it's all about the user, the user experience, the way that um, our customers interface with the technology both from an implementation and management and a user's point of view uh, that takes us along this paradigm shift into software uh, as a service through our, through the time at AMX we spent a lot of time understanding the customer journey and moving the sales process from being talking about technology to understanding the outcomes that people needed um, and focusing on that so um, exciting to bring that learning and the great learning that we got from those businesses into this new world um and you know it is all about the customer it is all about the outcome um and i think that software defined av gives a better outcome to a lot more people and you know the the key here is scale how do we scale um, a business that historically has been very difficult to uh, to scale um and and the it world allows us to do that yeah, absolutely. Um, it, we hear this word experience a lot lately with Infocom changing their name and just in general user experience instead of user interface and things like that. And um, in AV, yeah, we I think you know, you'll always need some kind of hardware where the software will need to run. But I think we get the sequencing wrong where we may come to a customer with solutions and present our solutions instead of first... Um, finding out what what it is that they need, what their outcome is. 
And uh, I think the sequencing is, is very important. You know, what, what the order is, what do you do first? Um, instead of looking at your solution, look at what the customer needs. And um, you mentioned that quite a few times. And uh, I think that's a really important part of, of software defined or any kind of solution at all, whether it's proprietary or not. Yeah, I, I, you're exactly right. And the, the, the AV industry, particularly because it's grown up with experts in audio, people that were sound engineers, experts in video, um, their focus is always on the latest and greatest technology. We need to have 4K. We need to have whatever it is from an audio perspective. Um, and it's all about having the very best specification and people have driven by product specifications rather than saying, what is it that these guys want to do? What does a meeting look like? How many people are in the room? How are they communicating? Um, you know, and sometimes the solution needs to be at the right price and it needs to be good enough to do what they need to do. Um, and that is where the outcome can be defined more clearly and people don't get hung up on creating something around a specification which is a technical specification when all said and done um you know and all of these things can be dependent on the environment the people that are using it all of those things the important thing is people can have a good meeting quickly reliably um and at the right price absolutely i remember when i got started out one of the first companies i worked for the engineer and salesperson would actually attend meetings at, at the customer just to find out what their workflow was was like. And uh, I, I think that uh, has kind of gone a bit missing over the years. Could you tell me a little bit about um, your most successful or rewarding AV project and, and what made it special for you? Yeah, that, that's, that's a really good question and, and, and very relevant. And it, it was a large um, insurance, reinsurance company in London a couple of years ago. Um, and the, the, had a great sales team with me up at uh, AMX in those days, um, Jeff Gorton and his crew. Um, and we spent a lot of time, it was actually Aon, um, going in, moving into the Aon Center. And, and really interestingly, their whole business, um, as you might imagine, insurance, reinsurance, probably not the most exciting topic in the world, but was dependent on a lot of people wandering around London with reams of paper under their arms, having meetings with other interesting insurance people. Um, they had fairly dowdy, dull offices around sort of the Devonshire Square, Leadenhall Market area, multiple offices. Um, and one of their biggest challenges as we got in to understand the customer was actually around HR and staff retention and staff recruitment um, and getting the right talent in their business. And having the right talent is critical for the growth of any business. So as they relocated from multiple buildings to this new shiny cheese grater tower in London, their big focus was on their people, the, the experience they were going to give them, this wonderful new office space, um, the tools that would enable them to do their job better. But really importantly, a, a platform that they would uh, create that would make them want to work there for longer, but also importantly, to recruit the best talent, you know, from the graduates that were coming out of university that would come to this place and go, wow, that's a place I want to work. That's a place that's in line with the great experience I've had with technology at my wonderful university. That's, you know, the place for me. So when we started the journey, you know, as always, we wanted to talk about 
how our product was better than our competitors in all of these key areas. But as we went through the the whole sales process, and we probably met 30 or 40 people from the organization, and I have to say probably less than 10% of those people were anything to do with technology. We met everybody from the receptionist to the PA to the PA of the CIO, CEO, who were interested in what this technology would mean to them, how it would change the environment they worked in, a whole host of users um, that evaluated the products as we put in these proofs of concepts, so on and so forth. Um, And we won the business um, because we listened to them. We spent an enormous amount of time understanding their needs, discussing what the outcome was that they wanted, understanding what their workflow was, how they would interact with this, but also educating them on on you know what what using a, a a new style video collaborative system would would mean and and at the end of the day um, it caused us to win the business um, you know did we have the best product we, we probably thought we did but it was really all about um, driving to the right outcome so your question was you know the most satisfying sale you know in recent years. Um, because it ticks all the boxes of what we're talking about now, that was incredibly satisfying. But it also set then set the standard for global rollouts. Um, you know, and, and again, one of the things as we evolve this conversation is, you know, from a sales perspective or from any organisation's perspective, you want to sell it once and deploy it often. So from the the end user's point of view. They want to specify it once and deploy it often because there's a huge cost involved in evaluating technology, understanding um, how it's going to be deployed, where it's going to be deployed, and if it can be deployed in all the places you want it to uh, be um, because not everything can be supplied everywhere. And, and oftentimes, the single biggest problem that whatever the guy is, the global head of meeting spaces or OV may have, is actually around global logistics and supply chain. So, uh, yeah, it, it, a really great sales process, a really fantastic outcome. And, uh, you know, we need more of that. And that's really set the scene for many organizations now. They want to have a standard solution. They want to understand what it is that their users need. Um, and they want to then be able to deploy that everywhere around the world simply, quickly and at minimal cost. Absolutely. As a, as a programmer, um, <laughs> you're singing to the choir Programmers hate writing the same code over and over again. You should just do it once and then, you know, deploy it over and over again. So that's absolutely an extremely important point made here. But what I really like about that story is how you pointed out the knock-on effects of the systems that that we install. It's not only about collaboration. It may be a collaboration system, but if that fails, then that company may not attract the right talent. They'll have staffing issues because of the technology deployed in that office. And uh, I think that's a really interesting um, point to make is that the, the things we do have more effects than, than what they're directly intended for. Yeah. And, and you know, part of this is understanding who the stakeholders are in the decision-making process for a, a, a new project. And often, you know, in the old in the old days, it was the AV guys because they wanted to talk about speeds and feeds, and they were obsessed with, with the technology. The real stakeholders now are um, the users. It's corporate real estate. It's um, HR because you know they want the right right solutions for their 
their company. And, and it's, you know, it might be the sales leaders because if it's a sales organization, they want to know how their people can communicate better with their customers, with their colleagues, um, to drive business efficiencies, to improve whatever it is that the, the organization does. So, yeah, it, it's, it's a critical part of it. And it's not no longer nice to have. Um, it, it is mission critical. And AV typically hasn't been. If, if, if AV didn't used to work, you'd either just not use it or go to another space. And it didn't have the same um, cachet that you have with IT. IT's got to be 99.9% uptime. And AV, dare I say it, because it's our industry, was probably you know 80% at best. And people got used to that. They got used to the mediocrity. But as as we morph into the IT space and you've got video over IP with the uh, you know the products like SVSI and those, those type of things that are coming to the fore now, um, people expect um, enterprise-grade delivery and they're getting it. So uh, that's a good thing. Yeah. So we've got to up our game in AV if we want to uh, change with the times. Let's... Yeah. Let's shift. Uh, do you have something to comment no, on? No, I was just going to say, and you know, some are and some aren't. And uh, th- there's still lots of business for those that don't want to, but there's a lot more business for those that do want to change. Yeah, there's a lot of opportunity there. But of course, change is hard. It's difficult. It's scary. And um, that's kind of why I'm doing this podcast, just to talk to people and get ideas and and some ammunition and some uh, maybe some body armor on, on how to make that change and, and face the changes that are coming. So let's shift gears here and talk about the solution that you're working with now, Utelogy. What is it that uh, differentiates Utelogy from other control solutions? Um, I think primarily that that it it isn't hardware dependent. Um, so there's a couple of things. So it's it's server based, it's cloud based, it's incredibly flexible, it's very agile, um, and it's it's typically very low cost. Um, because there's no hardware, there's no dependency on a on a controller in the room. You don't necessarily need an expensive touch panel. Um, and, and importantly, we're actually um, agnostic to all of the other systems that are installed. So if people have an existing estate of, of control technology, be it you know, from the big two, an AMX or a Crestron, um, we can control that environment, but we can also um, control new environments directly um, using our own technology. From a touch point of touch panel point of view, you can serve up HTML5 onto any device that you want. It could be a phone, it could be a tablet, or it could be a, a desk-mounted um, display, touch display that that uh, is running Android or something like that. Um, so the critical thing here is that it is software. Um, it doesn't have to be sold as a as a capital cost for a project. It can be sold as an operational expense, which takes us into the as a service model, which is something that is I think becoming more and more talked about um, in the AV space. It's clearly something that's been going on for a long, long time in the IT world. Um, but really, that's that's where we've come to with this solution. And interestingly, there's not a whole Heap to talk about other than you can control, you can monitor, you can manage, you can book meeting rooms, you have a an online help desk, everything that you would want in, in this perfect AV world, um, you can have using a piece of software. Because we're talking to the um, equipment and, and receiving information 
once the path's open, you can also talk back to the equipment to to make it do the things that a control system makes it do. So really, really simple, inexpensive, can be sold as a service. So people effectively get more day one than they uh, than they ever anticipated because there's no capital outlay required if people want to go down that model. Yeah, it's it seems like uh, software and as a service uh, kind of go hand in hand. If there was um, one thing, so if you think about your your most successful uh, dealers, installers, integrators, and customers, however it is it's distributed, which we'll talk about in a second. If you think about them, what and had to pick one or two things that really um, sets them apart, the reason why they have success with Utelogy, what would those uh, what would those things be? Um, I think they understand the value of um, a long term relationship with their customers, so they've built some kind of managed service model uh, which represents you know ideally 20, uh, 10 to 20% of their their existing revenue um, if you don't have a service model and you don't have that mentality then you may not be the right organization um, you know the difficulty is that the majority of, of of our current integrators out there operate and and this is you know dri- driven by the, the end users they operate on a capital expense model because the the time when AV solutions are refreshed and renewed um, is it's event driven and the event is normally moving into a new building. When you move to a new building, there's a big capital pot put together which covers things like AV. But they then have all of that AV solution until they move buildings again. Um, that's not the case with IT. Um, you know, IT is refreshed when it needs to be refreshed based on business outcomes that the business needs um, and you should be able to do that with AV as well so there are organizations that have a service model and we're talking to some of those at the moment and they're excited what um, Utelogy can bring them in terms of uh, the reach into their customers the smart hands um, that they can have remote to their customers um, you know and, and effectively they can extend their service model, they can, you know, we can say the word, they can charge more for the service to give them a a, a better outcome. You know, things like our U-Help facility to be able to call directly to a help desk, um, be it either on-prem or off-prem to support, um, you know, a a problem in a room, all all of those sorts of things are critical. Um, As I say, some businesses get this, some don't. Um, and, and some some of the integrators will continue down the, the traditional route. Sure. Um, for, for those, so this also comes a lot. It's uh, if people get it or don't. And I, I have a hard time coming up with a better way of saying that myself, but it really is e- either you understand and see this thing coming or, or, or I don't know. I think everybody does understand that change is underfoot, uh, but a lot of people are grappling with how to change and it really does come down to adopting a new business model. And I guess it doesn't have to be an overnight thing. What would you say are the first steps would be the first steps for a company that maybe is a little concerned, but knows they have to make this kind of change. Um, it's, it's a great question. And it's something that, that as a, an organization and as a, you know, we, the board at uh, Utelogy, we talk about a lot is what is our route to market? Um, what are the critical factors of identifying our right target audience? And, and I think 
so the will to change is the most critical thing the the i think the ownership of the business um need to look at where they want to be in a few years time you know for some businesses um the ownership is getting older and older there's no succession plan and therefore they don't really know where they want to be um mm-hmm. there are some younger organizations that are, are very forward thinking um and it may be because they have an exit strategy um you know maybe they want to make themselves attractive to be acquired by a larger IT company you know there's there's all sorts of things here i think importantly that people have the the wherewithal to change their business model um it is no longer business as usual um and it doesn't mean they have to change it overnight you can run an as a service model concurrently with um a capital model so you know th- these things aren't mutually exclusive um but it's all driven by the ownership um and if people come to me and they don't understand the proposition and it's not for them then that's absolutely fine but sure. we we but we've got to lose early and and we've got to move on to the next guys because there is a, a whole heap of people out there that can help to deliver this and not all of them are in the traditional AV space right which uh, brings up the next interesting thing we had a short conversation before this call and uh you were talking about that the way av projects are done it may be done by other types of companies can you talk about other types of uh distribution channels or other types of of companies or markets that uh may kind of replace some of what we do yeah absolutely and and this is happening right now um Interestingly there's an organization we work with in the Netherlands called BIS who are probably the largest integrator in in Benelux. Um they were acquired last year by a French company an IT company called Econocom a multi-billion euro organization who operates in 17 countries but they sell IT as a service. Their ambition is to um turn BIS um you know and again this is based on the leadership of BIS wanting this So you know it's a great fit because they're a forward thinking organization but these guys want to create AV as a service so backed by Econocom who you know they they spend tens of millions of dollars every month on IT equipment that they then finance and put into their customer base they want to take that model and replicate it in the AV space so they're they're an example of someone that is doing that here and now so you know in terms of a target audience for a product like utelogy those guys are a great opportunity but if we also then look back at the office environment um that that we've lived in and worked in for the last 20 30 40 years there's there's a there's a, a an a bunch of organizations that have um had a presence in probably every office we've ever worked in and those are the print copy guys um you know there are some great models out there some great training grounds for sales people the, the likes of xerox and canon and rico and all of these people um who have sold photocopies and printers to multiple organizations they've sold it um on an opex model uh, so nobody owns a photocopier they effectively rent it um all of these devices now are typically ip connected so if there is ever a need to service them or to send out more toner that's done automatically over the network um all of these are network devices all of these organizations have 
um, a large number of break fix engineers all over the country that support all of their customers. Um, interestingly, one thing that most organizations do less of now is print or copy. Um, so these, these companies are looking for the next thing that replaces print and copying, which is video and collaboration. If people have a meeting now, yes, they still use a document, but it's digital. You can amend it, you can change it, you can draw on it, you can modify it in real time. At the end of the meeting, you send it to uh, the rest of the, the meeting participants. Um, so these guys, interestingly, own their customers because they've typically got a three-year contract. They're IT savvy because all of their devices are IP connected. They understand the service model. They understand what it means from a business point of view to own your customer and to own them for a long period of time. Um, what they have now is the opportunity to sell more services and, and more technology into these places. So, you know, the print copy market is something that is really interesting. And uh, I know people like Rico are investing heavily in, in people and uh, infrastructure to support this. They have a, a monstrous customer base around the world. Um, you know, the people we're talking to in Emir, the opportunity there is uh, is massive. And, you know, the critical thing here is that many of the meeting spaces are, are far less complex than ever they were. And with solutions like Utelogy, there's no programming, it's merely configuration. And you can create a consistent level of experience and outcome really easily remotely. Um, you know, many of our customers we talk to now want to deploy the same solution all over their estate, all over the world, to be able to manage, monitor that, and deploy it centrally without expensive technical resource on site is um, is music to everyone's ears. Fascinating, fascinating. Uh, you know, in business, it's always important to know who your competition is, both present and future. And I think the way the way you did that, you went kind of zoomed out from what we do and just kind of had a meta look at what we do. And if you picture everything in the office as just appliances, including the AV equipment, then um, that could give you a completely different perspective and allow you to, uh, to maybe um, guess at who your future competition might be. And it, and it could be com from completely out of left field, something like a photocopy company is, would be completely unexpected, but it does make perfect sense when you, uh, when you explain it that way. Yeah, now, absolutely. And, and I, I think, you know, we've also got to look at what's happening in the rest of the world in terms of where disruption's coming from. And the things that we do now in our everyday lives, we didn't do very few years ago and we, we we very quickly change and adapt to this new world um and the critical bit here is that the majority of people in, in, that are going to be using this technology are just regular consumers they're the guys that go down the high street buy a mobile phone they buy it on a contract and and you know they buy the the thing that they like um it, it, it's as simple as that we're going to be talking to tens of thousands of organizations that have no idea about what brand of technology it is that they use in their offices. They just know that they get a good outcome. They, they don't they care. Good, yeah, absolutely. And, and why should they? Yeah. So another point you, you touched on was that no programming. And this is also an interesting kind of uh, dichotomy with software-defined solutions. You could do a lot more configuration. Um, so 
just a quick question. Where do you see guys like myself, AV programmers, how can they still provide value in this kind of a, an environment? Okay, there's a, there's a couple of points there is that the, the, the old AV space isn't going to go away. There's still going to be lots of big boardrooms, conference rooms, convention centers, stadiums that need the arts and crafts style of, of um, programming, you know, complex, one-off solutions. Those aren't going away. What's happened here is the market has, has got um, monstrously bigger you know, by probably a factor of maybe even 100. You know, we're, we're talking about whatever it is, 55 million meeting spaces around the world. You know, if you actually start to do some modeling around, you know, how many spaces you want to have under management in your business over a period of time and what that looks like from a financial model, that becomes really exciting. So going back to the programmers, there's loads of work still for everyone to do because in reality, um, there's never really been enough programmers to go round. What, <laughs> yeah. what, what, what's happened is the market's got bigger, um, but as the market gets bigger, it's got bigger in terms of volume of meeting spaces that are, that are typically less complex. Um, you know, and whilst I'm sure lots of companies will tell you differently, uh, a, a meeting room in a bank is the same as a meeting room in an insurance company is the same as a meeting room in a legal company. The code doesn't need to be any different. What it does need to be is robust, proven, um, and will give you a great outcome every time. It doesn't need to be buggy because you've just had to write a different piece of code because someone wants a different button in that room. That's not where we want to get to. All of that stuff will still exist. However, one of the things that we want to do, we want to build a community of people that are able to write drivers. Um, you know, As we go further and wider into managing different technologies, we still need drivers. Um, you know, we're writing drivers all day, every day, and we already have a community with it within um, the utility business across the world that are writing drivers all the time. So there is an opportunity if you can program in C sharp, and there's lots of young kids out there that can program in C sharp as well that they can help us. So, um, like we have to adapt and adopt new methods and, and processes, whether it's from a sales point of view, an implementation point of view then programmers need to do the same. Nothing's forever. Um, people can keep on doing the same things forever. And I'm sure there's probably a living to be made. But there's there's also lots of different ways of, of doing things. You know, we always need uh, great and, and cool user interfaces. Um, you know, people that can create stuff in HTML5. It's a, diff it's a different... Um, different thing that we need, but it, it's still programming and... and uh, writing code um but but to a different level that's that's uh you hit on some great points there uh well there's uh, so there'll always be a need for custom right there'll always be custom projects that uh Absolutely. don't fit into any kind of a framework yeah, yeah. And, and some of the other things that you mentioned were like html5 and c sharp and i'm really of the opinion that you, you don't need to be a young kid out of college to learn these new languages i've yeah, done it myself it takes a week or two or maybe even a month of, of some painful learning. It's not exactly easy, but once you get over that initial um, hardship of, of, the, of changing how you think about things, I think you're a much, in a much better position because you bring all of that AV experience that you had with you onto these new platforms. 
And um, it, it just, it could be really powerful. And I think it's a, it's a big opportunity. So you mentioned writing drivers. What would that look like? Uh, like an app store type of a thing? Or would an integrator find the programmer for the special drivers that he needs? Yeah, I'm, and, and it's, it's, there's two things here. that you know, it, it would be great to have a driver that does everything that a product can do. But if you had something complicated like a video wall controller, um, you know, you don't necessarily need a driver to be able to change the color balance. You need the driver to be able to um, do whatever it is you want the user to be able to do, which is maybe some presets and some configurations for the video wall. That comes back to looking at the outcome first. Uh, absolutely. Um, but because we're managing and monitoring, uh, it may be that there are states of that device that you want to manage and monitor that you wouldn't necessarily need to control, if you see what I mean. Uh, sure. You want to know what, what's going on there. You may want to know the temperature. You may want to know the utilization, but you the, the, you don't need a two-way path there. So sometimes the drivers may need to be um, more complicated and, and complex and, and in other times less so. Um, so we want we want to build a community of people that um, are, are um, respected, understand what the outcomes are, put them back into the utility machine, we'll verify them, and and you know they'll be there up in the cloud for everybody to use, um, and and that's growing all of the time, uh, you know because one of one of the things that's important here is that some people want to buy solutions like Utelogy only for the management and monitoring. I'm talking to a number of integrators actually now who have um, a larger state of uh, customers that they they manage, but they don't have the granularity. Um, in, in terms of what they can manage and monitor. So this gives them a new opportunity. Um, but again, drivers will need to be written for, for some of the legacy equipment. And uh, But that's the same with any software solution. Absolutely. If, you, if, if you're, in, you're uh, buying SAP for your business, you'll spend whatever millions it is on that, but then another probably five times that implementing it. And sure. that, that's the thing. You, you, it's, you can't just plug it in and it's going to do everything. Right. Um, there, there needs to be the appetite to to do the legwork as well to get the outcome. So um, in those instances, so going back to you know skills of people like yourself, there's there's stuff to be done there. Absolutely. Which, yeah. So um, yeah, the, 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 the no, nothing's going away. And in the same way that you know, as, as a business, um, as a, as running a sales team, you know, getting a sales team to shift their their uh, focus from a, a, a capital sale to a, an OPEX sale where they're getting an amount per month is actually a very difficult thing to do. You know, salespeople are coin operated and uh, if you change their business model, everyone has to adapt. So it's not about, it, if you go through the whole market, everything needs to change. Um, you know, some things need to change radically, some things need to be tweaked, um, but it is changing. And the only way to succeed is to um, embrace that change and move forward with it. And as with every walk of life, some people do, some people don't. And, um, uh, yeah. you know, it, it is, it is a world that accepts disruption at the moment. So it's a good time to be doing it. Great phrase. I'm going to quote you on that. It is a world that accepts disruption. That is true. We see it all over the place lately. Of course we do. Yeah. yeah. Um, Frank Pelkoffer, CEO of Utelogy said, I should ask you about the machete club. What uh, is the machete club? <laughs> The Machete Club. This is something that Frank uh, that set up a couple of years ago, and it's really for people in the industry 
who will go out with a machete and they will wade through the jungle and they will create a new path for us because um, there are the complexities of an old state organization where people say, this is the way we do it in AV. We can't do it that way. So sometimes you need people to bludgeon a new path. And Frank has set this up uh, with a number of industry friends and, and people in the industry that like to think a little bit differently and who are, frankly, up for a bit of disruption. Um, so I, I went to the Machete Club drinks evening in uh, at ISE, and it was in a remote location in a very funky bar on the side of a dock somewhere. And I actually couldn't tell you where it is because I'm not really sure how we... We got there by boat, um, but it was it was a great it was a great evening, and there was lots of like-minded individuals there that that wanted to uh, uh, talk about change and and understood the need for change, not change for the sake of it, but um, you know where do we go in the future? And people that aren't um, prepared, uh, aren't afraid to throw ideas around, and um, you know there's a great quote that. I like to use it was from uh, an ice hockey man, Wayne Gretzky, that you miss a hundred percent of the shots you never take, and and I think yeah. that's really true. You've you've got to really look at the market and and try things, and not everything's going to work. But you know, if you're going to fail, fail quickly and fail cheaply. But let's have a go, um, because um, just doing everything the same way and expecting a different outcome is is. Uh, is, is not really the way forward. So we have to adapt to change. And the Machete Club is really all about that. There's people out there, some young, some old, that uh, have got some great ideas. And it provides a platform for people to talk to each other, um, to air those ideas, um, and hopefully to drive them forward. And you'll probably see a lot of stuff coming out of, uh, out of Machete Club members because um, that's where the entrepreneurial spirit lies. And um, I'm excited that we're part of that. Excellent. I think that is a great sentiment to wrap up this show on. If anybody would like to get in touch with you or find out more about Utelogy or the Machete Club, how would they go about doing that? Um, my website, which is evolving, is u-topia.tech. Um, my email address is jonathan.magnall at u-topia.tech. Um, or... Uh, go to the Utelogy website as well and you can find all of our contact details there. But um, we're out in the market. We are disrupting. It's a phenomenally exciting time and um, I'm excited to be part of it. Thanks very much for your time, Patrick. Jonathan, thank you so much for being on the show. Cheers. Bye-bye. Hey, Patrick here again. Thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoyed this discussion, if you liked what you've heard, if you want to hear more discussions like this, please go to iTunes, leave a review, subscribe to the show, send me a comment, get in touch with me somehow and let me know that you're out there listening and that'll motivate me to keep doing these shows and get more great guests on. So if you're driving or whatever, ask Siri to set something in your calendar to give you a reminder to go to iTunes and leave a review. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening to Software Defined Survival. For transcripts and show notes, go to softwaredefinedsurvival.com.